I'm Melissa White, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. This is a show to help inspire you to live your life to the fullest, but really to learn about those that guide us, our unseen helpers, guides, angels, loved ones in spirit that walk beside us in this life. I'll share with you personal experiences from my life as a professional medium and mentor. I'll also offer you insight into working with the spirit world and introduce you to guests that I find fascinating and that might lead you on your own journey to further discover your own soul's gifts. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Spirit Room. I'm Melissa White, and I'm so looking forward to chatting to uh, chatting with today's guest. Her name is Roxanne Chapu, and she is a master shaman, life and love coach, spiritual guide, and energy healer. So it's such a pleasure to chat with you today, Roxanne. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I can't wait to get to know you. So Roxanne and I are both uh, excited to be a part of the fourth pillar at Crossroads Collective in Langley. And the fourth pillar is really all about spiritual well-being and spiritual healing. And so I guess we could start off by just asking where in the world are you calling us uh, from today? I'm from Sudbury, Ontario. So I am <laughs> in freezing weather right now. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I'm about four hours north from Toronto. Okay. And have you lived there a long time? Are you from there? Uh, no, I'm not from here. I'm from Colorado Springs. I'm from the United States and I had family here. So when my parents separated, we came back to Canada so my mom could be with her family and her family resides here in Sudbury. I see. I see. Okay. And so starting from the beginning, can you tell us a little bit about when and how your interest in shamanism and energy healing began? Yeah, absolutely. So if we are going to speak about energy healing, ever since I was a little girl, I just had kind of this deep knowingness that energy just naturally gravitated towards me, positive and negative. Like I would be able to read energy in a room. I could feel presence. I just kind of felt it everywhere I went. And I never really knew how to vocabulize that because nobody else expressed that. And then when I was about eight or nine, my cousin, who it's so funny that we actually have the, our birthday on the same day, but we're three years apart. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me that she also feels energy and that there's always like someone that follows her. And I was like, oh my God, like, that's so weird. And I was like, finally, like had someone to like, had that conversation with because none of my friends understood what I was talking about. They probably thought, you know, okay, like, what are you talking about? We don't understand. Yeah. So it was funny because like adults, like friends would always come to me for guidance. They would always feel better when they would leave like my energy circle and they would always feel at peace. So I knew there was something a little bit different about me, but I didn't understand that those were my gifts. And then kind of like going into further in life, I really 
really like just going through so many trials and tribulations throughout my life. I went through a very, very, very unhealthy relationship, continual healthy, like unhealthy relationships to end up being in a very unhealthy, abusive marriage. And I left when I left with my three kids, I really in that marriage the whole time. And I think like the whole time since I was a teenager until like adulthood, until becoming a mother, I really kind of lost who I was. I, I couldn't connect with who I was. I couldn't connect with my energy. I couldn't connect with my gifts. I couldn't connect with my soul. And when I had left the marriage, it was all about the path of reconnecting to myself and finding myself and exploring my gifts. And after four near-death experiences, after I had left the marriage, every near-death experience had brought me closer and closer to my shamanic gift. And before I realized that I was actually a shaman, a generational shaman, a shamaness, as they like to call it in the Métis <laughs> language, I received a dream for four months straight every single night. And it was this beautiful indigenous woman in, in the dream realm. My connection to her was that she was my grandmother. And she was sitting and standing and chanting this beautiful hymn by this ravine with teepees all behind her. And she kept putting her hands out to me, kind of calling me to the land, calling me to come and, and start my healing journey and to become the healer that like I was destined to be. And I didn't understand the dream fully. I knew that I was being called. I just didn't know in what capacity that I was being called. And then I had a spiritual guide that is my mentor. And she told me, she said, that dream, she is calling you to the land. It's time for you to awaken to your shamanic healing roots. And it's time to follow your purpose. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I went on my own healing journey from that, it's like all my senses reawakened and I knew exactly who I was and there was no questioning. It was undeniable who I was at that point. And then it was so funny because I was like, who is going to mentor me in the shamanic world? Because you need a mentor. You need someone. And shamanism, it's not, you can't just study to be a shaman. You actually have to be appointed to be a shaman. So either it becomes when you're born, you're initiated into it, a shaman tells you that you are a shaman, like they have to give you like a handoff of a stick and it's a whole process of what happens or what ends up happening is you end up having an awakening period and you, and you realize that you're a shaman and then therefore you still need to be initiated into the shamanic world. Mm, okay. So when I had came across, it was just so funny because there, there was this image that came to me and I saw this man in my mind. And I couldn't place him because I he wasn't an elder of mine in my community. I don't ever re recall ever seeing him. And I saw him <laughs> on the internet. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's the man. And I had stumbled across it like by accident. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, that is him. And I reached out to him. He's like, I've been waiting for you. Like, oh, this is, wow. it's time. It's time. And I was like, oh my goodness. He's like, you are definitely a shaman like we're like I'm going to walk you through I'm going to teach you the ways and it was just like a beautiful connection from that point forward 
Wow. Wow. Well, I love, I love, you know, when you're talking about the dream that you had so many times, it feels absolutely so powerful just listening to it. So I can only imagine like what that was like to experience it. And so many parallels to things that I've experienced along the way as well, like difficult relationship to abusive relationship to then the near-death experience, then to the awakening. And then literally for me, I went to accidentally really because I didn't know what I was going to. I thought it was like a meditation class, like just to go and just learn to relax and maybe, you know, I could meditate and not be so anxious. And it turns out it was a psychic development class, you know, and I sat there, I did the meditation and had such a profound experience. The medium that was there said, oh, I don't know how you've gone this long, like without realizing this, but you are a medium, you know? So that same kind of thing, like, yeah, you are, you know? And my same thing growing up, like, I didn't tell anybody what I really felt or saw because yeah, it wasn't understood. And also nobody really, there wasn't an ability to even sometimes explain what I was receiving. It was just like, I almost didn't have the words to to describe it. So I totally resonate and, and relate, you know, it's different, but some similarities, definitely. Yeah. And it's so funny because after I had this last dream of her coming to me and this was like the pivotal dream and my husband and we like my new husband, we had went on a beautiful journey. It's called a cup and saucer. And we went on this beautiful hiking trail and I knew right away, like I feel energy and I know where there's healing ground. I know where there's disruption. I know everything about the land. I've always been able to sense it. It was always been like an imminent sense that came to me. And so anyways, we had crazy enough. We had went on this hike like the week before while I was having these dreams. And I had told my husband, he's like, wow, like that's incredible. Mm -hmm. And we come across this land and I knew right away this was where I was meant to heal. I saw the open field. I saw like I felt the energy radiating from the earth, from the sky, from the trees, from the plants. I felt everything radiating from the animals, everything around me. And I was I just wanted to stay there. I just wanted to stay in that solitude. So when I had this dream, I had another dream the night before, like all like that, like she stopped coming to me and mm -hmm. you need to come to the land. And she was singing this hymn and it was such a beautiful hymn. And I sing it nowadays. And everyone's like, I never heard that before, but it's so, so beautiful. It's an indigenous hymn and it's just mm -hmm. so melancholy. And I woke up one morning and it was pouring rain outside. And I told my husband, I'm like, listen, I don't know. I can't explain it, but I need to go on my own healing journey. And I'm going and it's a two and a half hour drive. And I don't know when I'll be back. I'm going in the bush. <laughs> He's like, what? where are you going? <laughs> He's like, bring, you know, bring protection. Like you're going in the bush by yourself. Like he's always worried about me. <laughs> and then I was like, I just need to do this. He's like, okay, yeah, you go do your thing. <laughs> you know, like, and the whole way there was a two and a half hour drive. And I literally played an indigenous healing song that always had resonated with me my entire life. And I literally just cried the entire way. And like, I'm not a crier. Like I've been through so much in my life that I, I was almost blocked. I was almost desensitized. I was numb. Like I couldn't cry if my life depended on it. I just couldn't cry. And all of a sudden the floodgates opened and I was crying the entire time I was driving. Then I got to the healing ground. I knew exactly where I needed to go. 
And I saw the healing rock. I saw this rock. And mind you, it's like, yeah, it's pouring freaking rain, like torrential downpour. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the bush by myself and I'm sitting on this rock and I'm smudging on the rock. I'm doing a ceremony on the rock and it's pouring all around me, Melissa, like pouring. Not one drop hit me the entire time of the four hours that I was there. Wow. One drop. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. As I was doing my ceremony and I was smudging, like people were walking by, they're like, oh, cool. Like, oh, be quiet. <laughs> like, don't interrupt there. All of a sudden, like, deer start coming out, bunnies start coming out. And I am very connected to the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I can't even tell you that moment, the beauty that arises from everything and just shedding all the bullshit of like the conditioning and the conformities of our life. It was just such an incredible experience. And then I knew absolutely with no doubt that I needed to do this for every woman (laughs) possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we talk about awakening. That seems like such a powerful experience, you know, and also I would say like even it might be even difficult to put it fully into words because it's the intensity and the depth of that feeling. You know, I think that is so, so incredible. And I love that the animals, the deer and the bunnies came out and it's like everyone kind of coming to join you, you know, sort of support you in your ceremony. Yeah, it was no words can explain it, but like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's life altering, life changing. So now I'm curious then, uh, how did you, and I know because people ask me this and it's always kind of hard to answer, but how did you make that transition? Like what were you doing for work prior, you know, or what was your sort of daily like life like prior to this experience? Yeah, absolutely. So I was an executive at a local college here and It's not that the people were great. The environment was great. Just the job wasn't fulfilling. It never, it never spoke to my passion. It never spoke to like the fulfillment of my soul. It was something to put a roof over her head for my children and to provide food on the table and put clothing on their back. And it was a good environment. So that to me, it was like, it was good in the meantime until I could kind of find myself. So I think it's a slow transition because you also in this world, you can't live without money. You can't survive without having financial assets or financial security and stability. So for me, it was like a slow integration, even though I wanted to make an irrational decision, but I couldn't because I had children to take care of on my own. It was something that I just knew that I needed to start my business on the side and just allow it to flourish and develop the way that it should because I knew in the depth of my soul that I was going to be highly successful. I knew without a doubt that this was going to be driven forward to the capacity that it has. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I'm just thinking like in the beginning, so people... People that knew you and maybe didn't know that part of you, you know, it just, I think that sometimes people are not shocked because I think they they kind of have a sense, but then there is this element of, oh, wow, like it's a real different world, you know, when you look at like going into it, this as far as like your, your work, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think like a lot of people, I've always been a very deep soul, a very wise soul, yeah. I've always been a very old soul. So I don't think it really struck anyone you know, like, I don't think it was like 
out of this world to know that I was kind of going into this realm. I think they probably thought like, what took you so long? There are some people that, you know, like, you know, we live in the same world that don't understand the energetic world. They don't understand the spiritual world. It's very closed-minded, only science-based. So I think when like we're dealing with like, and your parents, like our parents are going to worry. They're going to worry that, oh my goodness, like, what are you doing? Because our parents are traditional. They were conformed to work nine to five until for 50 years for retirement. Like that was, you know, safety and security, not understanding that they never felt fulfilled once in what they did, you know, throughout their career. And I think my parents, they just trusted my judgment so well because like they've always told me like, I have a very good head on my shoulders. They don't worry about me in that way. So I think they just trusted that I knew what I was doing and they supported yeah. me, but like supported me with a bit of hesitancy. And yeah, like just you want your children to be happy. You want them to be successful. You don't want them to struggle. And I think like from a friend perspective and some of like the colleagues that I was working with, I think like for those that are more closed-minded, it was almost like a jealousy a little bit in a sense, as well as like not understanding. And I think the jealousy came part is not of me, but just that I had this connection to my soul that they couldn't attain and they couldn't fathom shedding the light that they have now in order to attain that connection to their soul. So I that was a little bit of, you know, that was probably the worst thing out of everything. And to be really honest, like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me or my journey because I know where I'm connected and nobody can shake that, that core out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I 100% feel that. And it's interesting because for my students, there are some, you know, that they tend to find their development and their sort of awakening different stages in life. And some of them that come to me, it's been years and years and years that they've sort of either hidden or shut down their connection to spirit or shut down their intuition out of fear or sometimes because of the environment that they've been in and, you know, their relationships and family and all that stuff. And I just find that they ask a lot, you know, like, well, how do you not care? And I, I think it's just because you have the, you have the experience and you form that relationship and there's such trust between you and spirit or you and the universe, you and God, you and the creator, whatever you want to say, but you feel it so deeply that it literally doesn't matter. Like somebody could say whatever they want. You know, lots of people will say to me, like people from my part of my family that's very like still like you know catholic faith and things like that they will say like they have been worried especially in the beginning like i got messages saying that you know they're worried i'm gonna go to hell you know and all these things (laughs) you know or concerned citizens that happen to come across my social media or my website and send me long messages about those things are very concerned for my soul and i'm always like yeah just in the beginning maybe that was, it wasn't offensive but it was a, it kind of was like at first i was like what's like you know how dare they you know and then i thought no now it's just so it, it literally does not matter one bit because i know you know so i think it just depends you know depends on the person and how long it takes to get to that point where you're you just know and there's no there's no questioning and there's no worries anymore about you know someone else's opinion yeah and exactly and I think that when we kind of remove that judgment that others are giving when if we are Catholic then why are we judging others is that not Mm -hmm. part of 
the religion. And I come from a Catholic background as well. And I think that it's really important to respect all and shamanism isn't religion and either is mediumship. It's about connecting to source and connecting to our spirituality. And I think this is why so many people are hesitant to attain and to reach their gifts and their potential is because that means that their life has to change and that the people around them will have a different view of them. And that's okay. Like we are not meant to be on this earth to be similar. And we all have special gifts. Like we are all clairvoyant. We all have that within our third eye. It's about opening it up in order to release that gift. So I just feel like society is so quick to judge on things that they don't fully understand. And if they did actually feel what we feel, they would have that, you know, like that solace and that tranquility and understand that this is such a beautiful thing. And it's scary when we have these types of gifts because not too long ago, we were hung and we were, you know, like witches and there was witch hunts because we had specialness that lied with us, even though we did it for good thing, it still was looked and frowned on. So like, it's very, it's been such a challenge for people to bring out their gifts because there is that aspect that did happen in our history. Oh yeah. And it's one thing I, that wound that I guess, you you know, when I sort of look at it like that witch wound, you know, with so many of us, there is that fear. There's fear of being judged. There's fear of being ostracized. There's a fear of being, you know, someone thinking that we're somehow fraudulent, you know, or somehow, you know, charlatans and all this stuff that even if it's subconscious, it's still there, you know, and I think that it really has affected people in a way that, yeah, of course, it's harder for some people to come out of the spiritual closet, so to speak, because there is that that wound, you know? So I do think that is a thing. And also, I love what you said, you know, we all have these gifts. It's 100% true, you know? So that that ability, you know, intuition is innate. It's within us. It's not something that like, oh, some people are gifted, you know, intuition and others are not. We all have it. And so it just depends how you want to access it and if you're willing to embrace it. And I also believe that we all have this connection to spirit. It's not just like, oh, if you're a medium or you're, you know, a shaman that you have this special kind of thing. It's literally available to everyone. I just think it depends on your um, purpose, focus in this life and what you choose to do with it, right? Right. And I think that if we really, you know, take a step back and think about it, you know, like for people who say like it's, you know, phony or whatnot, or they just had one bad experience and it went terribly. Well, there is a lot of bad doctors out there and there are a lot of good doctors out there. And it's the same thing when you're working in the energy realm and the same, mm-hmm. same thing when you're working in the mediumship realm. There's going to be good and there's going to be not so good. And there's going to be people that haven't developed their skills the way that they should, but maybe say they have, you know, like those things are going to happen. Like that happens in every job. It's not just, you know, the spiritual realm or the energetic realm. It's, it happens absolutely everywhere. You're so right. You're so right. And I have experiences like in the past where people will say, I'll say, oh, you know, have you had a reading before? And they'll say, yes. Oh, but it was terrible. And they'll explain to me that it was so, so bad. And I always ask them to consider that maybe it's like they'll say, oh, they weren't legit or whatever. And I'll always ask them to consider maybe they are and maybe they aren't. But 
maybe they are. And perhaps that was not the person for you, you know? So there's always that energetic resonance. There's energetic match. And sometimes it just isn't. Now, in my practice and in my opinion, you know, if I feel that with someone that is not working or I don't feel it's accurate enough or I don't feel it's a good connection, I'll tell them in the first, I'll know within the first five minutes and I'll let them know. And at that point, obviously, I wouldn't go forward and I wouldn't charge them. But I know that's not always the way that, you know, everyone operates. But it just, I always feel like it bothers me when people just assume that their experience wasn't good or that it wasn't great. And then they think that that person is not legit because it's quite possible the energy that you're bringing into a situation as the person receiving the reading or the healing or whatever, it will have an effect, you know? So I I think it just really is important for people to understand their part in that role as well, that they have to be. Uh, willing, you know, and open and and recognize that not every single healer, not every single medium is going to be their perfect match. Right. And I also think like, you know, great, 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 great point. And I think that when we're coming from the, you know, dealing with energy and dealing with healing and dealing with mediumship or clairvoyancy, when we are doing, you know, like these readings or these sessions, if there's another energy in the room, it could be challenging because sometimes we may read somebody else's energy thinking it's theirs. Like sometimes energy can be sneaky like that. Like actually in the healing realm, like if there's two, three people, like I have to be very clear on where the energy is coming from and where it's stemming from. That makes sense. Definitely. I, I, yeah, I, I could see that. And also it's one of those things too. I just, I feel it so different and so unique so not only like it's unique for the individual that's receiving it but it's also unique each time for the healer or for the person who's you know conducting the session absolutely so yeah it's it's one of those things but yeah I think it's so I love chatting with with you and others like seeing like there's so many things that are that are similar and then yeah these slight probably differences in you know the way that we're accessing the energy but literally it's the same idea, the same intention, right? So to empower, to help people to find that place of peace within themselves. And then I think to go out into the world and to live their life in a different way, like to reach their fullest potential, you know, that's, that's the idea. Absolutely. Absolutely, Melissa. Yeah. That's my soul's mission. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So can you tell our listeners a bit about shamanism? Because I know some some will have some knowledge, but there may be some listening that don't really know, like aren't aware of what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll kind of just speak to what shamans are, and then we can go into how we heal in that if you'd like. Sure. Really what shamans are. So shamans have been around for over 100,000 years. This is a very traditional healing healer. They, they used to be you know, referred to as medicine healers, energy healers. Like this has been around, this practice has been around for over 100,000 years. So it is very tried and true. Shamans, really what it is, is that we have a special connection to spiritual guides, animal guides. And spiritual guides, really what this entails is that usually these like spirits were of high esteem in a former life. So they could have been, you know, referred to as gods, goddesses, even some of our ancestors, Anyone that was kind of a high, high prestige in their self-mastery can become a spirit guide. 
And what these spirits do is when they pass over to the next life, or if they're in a different energetic realm, they have kind of like a soul contract saying that they don't want to come back to the earth plane, that their sole mission is to just continually guide spirits and to help people in their journey and to be their spirit guides. And when they help and they assist, you know, shamans or anybody else in their journey, they just go higher up in their ascensional period. So they just grow even more and they just flourish even more in the energetic realm. And animal guides is something very similar. It's animals that usually have passed away, have, you know, had that kind of reoccurring thing, like they don't want to come back to the earth plane. However, they want to help guide and facilitate others throughout their journey. And animal guides can also be people. So it can be people that have passed away that kind of go into the next realm. So for us, these worlds are called a lower world, a middle world, and an upper world. So what shamans do is we journey to these worlds depending on the issue and depending on the disruption and the imprint in the energy. And we go and find where the block is so that we can actually heal them at a cellular level so that we can guide our clients or, you know, back then their patients, we would be able to guide them in order for them to fix that disruption so that they didn't have that illness that was being cause within them. And that could be created with mental health illness, physical illness, emotional illness. It kind of just stems from that spectrum. So that's kind of what a shaman's position is to find how to heal. And it's kind of like our life. We have, it's like a map. We can get to our destination by 50 different ways. And the shaman will kind of guide you to where the best way is, where you will not kind of have all the turbulence possible in order for you to you know have any illness within your body mind and spirit and emotional health beautiful amazing and so the ways in which you might do that like can you explain to people if they came for session like what that might look like I'm sure it's different for yeah different people but like what what does that look like Yeah, absolutely. So it's really important before I work with any client, I usually do a little bit of a pre-assessment just to ensure that they are slightly awakened to their healing journey. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, because it's so important that they take accountability for their journey. I can't work with someone who will not take accountability for their life. And it's like more of a blame game. This is why this happened. You know, like them take accountability for our life and understanding that we are divine creatures and trying to find your divine being. And we can't be divine creatures and divine beings if we're holding on to someone else for the accountability part of our life, because we all had choices to make and we all have choices to grow and to go through our self-mastery journey. So for me, it's important that they have at least a slight awakening to realize that they don't want to hold on to these emotions anymore and that they're ready to let go and they want to heal at a cellular level. Because when we're healing and we have childhood trauma, we have past generational trauma, we have anything of that nature that stems from, you know, sometimes lifetimes before or even just this imminent life from generations that have been transcended down to us. It's very challenging for people that, you know, go through counseling and they read self-help books and yet they never fully effectively heal within their soul. And this is why these issues keep arising because it never actually gets dealt with at the cellular level of their being. 
So when I'm working with them, it's really important that all these things are brought to the surface so that we can kind of diminish them. It's a little bit of the coaching coming in with the shamanism mm-hmm. and removing the core belief system and finding the generational trauma, finding the childhood trauma, and then going through energy work. So a lot of the energy work that I do is journeying. So I use a lot of my native elk drums. I use crystal bowls. I use Tibetan bowls. I use rattles. I use anything in order to set the frequency of our energy so that it could affect different parts of our chakra. So as a being, we have, you know, so many different sources of our chakra. So it's very important for me to find where the disruption's happening so that I can actually heal that chakra so that they actually are flowing the way that they should. So that would be kind of a healing session. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. And then I, I mean, I keep feeling like every time you speak of this quality in your voice, that is so profoundly healing. Like literally doesn't matter what you're saying. It's the energy that comes through. So I would imagine you're doing some, is it like singing or any kind of chanting or sound sort of healing through the the journey sometimes as well? Yes, absolutely. So when I do my drumming, I usually, and it's so funny, I use the native chant and the indigenous chant um, that came to me in my dream. And I know that that's my healing melody. So that's the song that I chant. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then what I do is like I do a lot of drumming and it just depends on the client. Some clients are more receptive to drumming. Some are more receptive to crystal bowls. But my preferred method is drumming because that hits the solar chakra. And I like the solar plex chakra. And I find a lot of people have a very disrupted energy within their solar plex. And it's yeah. either their solar plex and their heart chakra and their throat chakras where I see a lot of the energy disruption happening. Mm-hmm. So it just depends. We do smudging ceremonies. I'll teach them how to properly smudge because TikTok is not how you smudge. <laughs> you don't just smudge for smudging. So yeah, so we'll go through that. And then at the final steps of like the sessions where they're ready to actually let go of everything, I bring them on a beautiful healing journey through into like a guided forest or a guided place where I know that there's healing grounds. Like I know, like just vibration by looking at a place on Google, I'll know if there's healing energy Mm -hmm. from the ground. So if they're like somewhere else, we'll go on a healing journey. I'll even go Zoom and I'll I'll go with them on my own healing journey, like with them and we'll just do it that way. And then I wrap it up with usually like a healing ceremony where we where we thank the spirit guides, we thank the animal guides, and we just let go of who we used to be and reconnect with who we truly are at our purest energetic form. Beautiful. Wow. So so then my other question would be around Zoom, like virtual sessions, because this is something that I find is a frequently asked question. People ask me all the time about like is it as effective? How can you do it? How do you do this on the phone? How do I do this? How do I read you if, you know, read them if I'm here and they're in England or whatever? And I always, you know, I always explain it, you know, in, in my way, but I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Like, could you tell people what, how you, how you feel about that? Absolutely. I honestly, I don't think there's a difference. I think the only difference really is for me is I love connection. I love physical connection. I love t- like, 
not inappropriately touching my clients, but having, you know, like when they want to give me a hug, they can give me a hug. Like we're going through some really deep emotions and we're going through a very deep state of trauma. So for them to have, and just the energy that really eludes and like comes out of you and exudes out of you when you're in person, it's just, that is just a little bit more meaningful than through Zoom. But honestly, like I found so many different ways on how to make it meaningful but it's just that one thing that I feel like is lacking slightly. It's just like that physical connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say to people, you know, because for readings and stuff, in many ways on the phone, <clears throat> pardon me, on the phone is actually beneficial because when I'm face-to-face with someone, say doing like a one-on-one reading, it is possible that I'm going to be distracted by or aware of, influenced by their reactions to things, their facial expressions, their body language, all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're on the phone, it's literally just this pure kind of connection, you know? So I'm just focused on what's coming through from their loved ones in spirit. And I'm not too um, concerned with or looking at them. They're not like staring back at me. (laughs) And so anyways, I find that actually works really, really. But I know what you're saying too. Like, I think when it comes to, yeah, like a healing session, sometimes, yeah, that would be, I can understand why people might miss that or why as the healer, you know, you might miss it. But I think as far as effectiveness and actually like the results, very much the same because it's energy. Energy. So a lot of times it's people want to know, well, how does that work? Like, do you not need to see me or touch me or, you know, somehow connect with me that way? And I think there's just this lack of understanding that energy is energy. You could be on the other side of the world and our intention to connect is so powerful that that's what happens, you know? So it's just important, I think, for people to understand that. Absolutely. And I think that when you're working with energy, like I can send my energy to someone else. Like I can, you know, like there, yeah. there is that interconnectedness and there is that interconnection when we're dealing with energy. So absolutely, I think every part of our work is absolutely doable through Zoom or through telephone. I think that energy is energy. Like we can send our energy to look over somebody else. We can send our energy out of love. We can send our energy out of, you know, worry, we can always send our energy, like it's energy. It doesn't always have to reside within us. We can, you know, extend parts of our energy to other people. And I think that's what love is, you know, like that's connection. That's it. And sometimes people ask to explain, and I'm like, I always use that example. Like, how would you explain love? Like you can't, or if they want me to, you know, like prove something about energy, I'm like, well, how do you, how would you prove love? You know, like how, how would you even describe it? It's something that is so powerful, but it's not something I think we can really quantify, you know? Exactly. And I think that, you know, coming from the scientific background, not everything is measurable. Like not everything in life is measurable. Science is used as a tool in order to determine what they can measure, what they, you know, what the capacity is they can measure, but you can't measure a lot of things. Like you don't see the the rays from your cell phone going into your brain. Like you don't see the tower, the radiation, like you don't see these things. You don't see air yet. You know, it's there. Mm -hmm. Electricity, Wi-Fi. you know, there's lots of things that we can't see, but we know and we trust and believe that they're there and we rely upon those things. So it's such a good point. Right. And like our energy is our energy. Like you don't meet someone and you don't think 
that you like them, you feel, you instinctually feel their energy if they're a good person or not. Like we have, but we're so, I find like so many people are like, there's so much noise in our minds and throughout our bodies that we're not able to quiet that and actually realize that that is actually our energy source that is kind of determining those things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I think for us, it's so normal and, and just, we almost take it for not for granted, but it's just uh, of course, you know, like we feel the energy all the time, but I think it's true. The average person may not be in touch with it, you know? So for them, it is a bit foreign, like, Oh, like to actually stop for a second and be like, what, what do I feel right now? Or what is my energy like right now? I think that's a question that I ask people to ask themselves all the time. And it sounds so simple and kind of silly, like that's not really that profound, but I think it is because there's a lot of people who have no clue, no idea what their energy feels like. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people kind of crave being in the forest or crave, you know, being at the cottage. Like I know like Toronto for us is like a very, very big city and it's building after building a skyscraper after skyscraper. But there's no nature. There's nothing connecting your energy to the actual source of the world. It's all cement and concrete, essentially, mm-hmm. for the most part. So like it doesn't it doesn't astonish me that so many people are trying to get out into the wilderness in order to reconnect themselves. And there's a reason why you feel more energized when you're by water and while you're by trees and by animals. That should tell you something. That should tell you that you're absorbing that beautiful energy. And not like because you're restoring the energy. So your energy is is definitely quantifiable. It's just for people to actually pay attention to their to their energy sources. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, it comes up so many times in readings for people. And I feel every time I'm talking about like returning to nature and, and actually sitting by the water and experiencing, you know, the natural world. I do recognize that when I'm saying this to someone, I'm literally, I could say this to every single person, you know, like I do get that, but it is true. You know, it doesn't make it any less true. So it it comes up literally every time. And I'm like, yeah, it's because this is so obvious, but we as humans get into our routine and it's sometimes really, really hard for people to disrupt that and to actually just listen to that. There is that voice within that's that's calling you to nature, calling you to get out there, feel the actual fresh air. You know, that's a cleansing in itself. People always want the, me to give them like a step-by-step process to like cleanse their energy. And I'm always like, go outside, stand in the fresh air, put your feet on the earth and and intend to have that healing and that cleansing. And that's, that's your cleansing. It can be simple as that, in my opinion. But we, we sort of, you know, we shy, we shy away from it or we forget, you know, we just get on our human physical journey and sometimes it's hard to, to get off of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like if you ask so many people, like where is the place that brings you tranquility within your mind and your energy? And it will never be by a concrete building. (laughs) (laughs) It's by the water, by the ocean, in the sand, in the trees, in the jungle, like (laughs) by the mountain. Hundred percent, oh, I love it. Well, I mean, I have so many things I could talk to you about, but I re- I recognize we're coming closer to the end of our our conversation. But I did want to ask you about tips for people who are wanting to explore, say, their healing, you know, a healing journey, or any advice for someone who's looking to, you know, looking to have some spiritual healing. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, Melissa. I think it's really important to get this message across is that if you're ready to go on a spiritual journey and a healing journey, have someone guide you through because I'm going to tell you right now, like, and you must know, Melissa, like it is messy as hell. It is frightening. It is scary. <laughs> it can be frustrating. You don't understand the shift that's happening. So it's really important to have at least a guide. It's like you wouldn't go in a car to unfamiliar territory without a navigation system, right? You need somebody right. to in the right direction of your spiritual journey. And a guide really is what helps facilitate for where you are now to where you truly want to be in your spiritual healing journey. So I think that is definitely the key factor is just like you wouldn't, you know, play a professional soccer game without a coach. Like you wouldn't, nobody would do that. So don't do yourself a disservice. Find the perfect match for you. Find the perfect energy match for you and make sure that you have someone guiding you through the process because they're there to ease your journey so that you don't have to go through the trenches. So that definitely be my number one thing. Number two thing would be that start connecting yourself to your source. Start questioning everything that doesn't sit right or feel right within your heart or your mind. And if something, if you're questioning something, if your mind questions anything that comes to the forefront, there's a reason why you're questioning it. It means that there's no truth there, that there's probably a lie that's, you know, masking something else. A childhood trauma could be anything of that nature, conditioning, conformity, anything of that nature. So just to stay true to yourself throughout your journey and just get rid of toxicity and get rid of toxic people, get rid of toxic relationship and don't stay anywhere that you're unfulfilled. And if it has to take baby steps to get there, just make sure that you're continuously progressing towards those baby steps. Great, great advice, definitely. And you're so right about this embarking upon a spiritual journey. Oftentimes people are really excited, you know, when they come to me and they, they want to learn and they want to grow. And it is exciting, but I will say it is difficult. You know, it's not like all sunshine and roses and, and light and all the rest of it. When you embark on a spiritual journey and you're consciously, you know, working on your growth and yourself and the truth and seeing the truth in all things, you don't get to unsee it. So once you see, and, and clearly see what's happening around you, within you, that can be really, really difficult because then you can no longer lie to yourself about anything. And now and so that change. Yeah. And now you have yeah. change for a lot. You have to do that. Change is scary, right? Yeah, of course. So definitely having having support and having someone that can guide or mentor or, you know, like help to help you navigate. Yes. I think that is huge. Definitely. And to recognize that it's, it's so worth it. And it's, it's an amazing, amazing step forward in this life. I think it's why we're here. You know, people ask about their purpose and I'm always like, well, we, you know, really when it comes down to it, it's kind of, we're all here for literally the, in my opinion, the same thing. Like we're here to grow, learn, come back to, you know, find some healing and come back together, like to, to be, you know, connected. But yeah, it's not, definitely not always a pretty experience. It's very much like amazing and difficult and beautiful and also challenging. So yeah, and I think like, to that point is such a great point. And I just think that when we're going through this incredible healing journey is just to actually allow the journey to be what it is. 
don't resist it. Don't create resistance around your journey. Just allow things to flourish and fall as they may. And the more that you create resistance, the harder it's going to be for you to go through a healing journey and to go fully through an awakening journey because there's going to be resistance created there that it won't allow you to effectively reach that higher self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we can stand in our own way so many times and it, it's one of those things you sort of have to calm your own self you know, and, and really just allow surrender to the, the experience, I think. Absolutely, Melissa. Yep. Wonderful. Well, tell us where people can find you. Absolutely. So they can find me on my website at roxanne.chaput.com. And I am under Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that fun jazz under the same social media handle. Beautiful. Well, I am so thankful. I'm so appreciative to have this time with you. I feel just yeah it's just a beautiful beautiful connection and I know lots of people are going to really love this conversation too so thank you for sharing all of that with us and sharing your time with me thank you Melissa for having me and thank you for sharing as well yeah my pleasure so those of you listening you know where to find me Melissa White Medium at gmail, gmail.com and also Melissa White Medium.com and all of the other places and yeah, I would just leave I would just leave us with a lot of love, sending you love and thanks everyone for being here. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium, Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.